You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. Gigafactories, uh, and not just the factories that relate to Tesla and uh, their production, uh, but factory gigafactories could be everything from uh, factories that produce batteries, but also factories, I suppose, that might be run by factories uh, or by uh, batteries. Sorry, the trend seems to be emerging. We've gone from seeing about 115 of these factories uh, around to where we are uh, expecting to end up with some somewhere near almost 400 by 2030. It's going to be crazy to see um, if we actually get to that number. I'm joined on the line by Deirdre Fenter, who is an associate engineer and the uh, clean and dry room specialist at WSP Africa to take a look at battery gigafactories and what it all means. Uh, good evening, Deirdre. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, what classifies as a gigafactory? Hi, Jimmy. Thank you for the kind introduction and having me on the call. Um, I I think that normally the the battery factories start off by a pilot plant and and then that's where they test the the production uh, facility, the production lines, and then they go over into A and B plants. And from there, as they get investors, um, they create gigafactories where it, it... in, in Europe um, and, and in uh, Japan, etc., it goes up to 30 gigawatts or uh, three times 30 gigawatt hours of battery output per year. So it, uh, I would say when you, when you go above uh, one gigawatt hour battery output per year, then you can consider yourself as a gigafactory, as a battery manufacturing gigafactory. Now, if we have a look at these uh, gigafactories, the obviously uh, with factories, with anything industrial, comes uh, opportunities, things around job creation and all of that. But what, what, what other roles do gigafactories serve in the greater uh, scheme of things? We've been having conversations around transitioning to cleaner energy, um, worrying about climate change and all of that. And do gigafactories play an important role in, in, in transitioning? I think that gigafactories is a main uh, reason uh, from the net zero drive and the clean energy. Um, You need gigafactories to manufacture the batteries for electrification or electric vehicles and also to use for electrical grid resiliency. Um, So it it sits at the heart of of the um, clean and net zero electrification drive sitting at the heart of electrification is 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 one thing and obviously as we said we expect that there will be a lot more gigafactories there's about 369 planned uh, in the pipeline uh, around the world by 2030 how many of these 369 gigafactories are planned for south africa because Elon Musk came out with a very interesting uh, comment to say that Tesla is not uh, something that he would want to put in South Africa, which then by extension means that we're not going to see a Tesla gigafactory here. Yeah, it, it's quite an interesting um, question. And it, it's very exciting to see that there is some battery manufacturing gigafactories on the horizon for South Africa. Um, in at, at the moment, the, the market is moving from Japan uh, to Europe and North America, and that is mainly driven by government incentives. Um, so 
there there is some plants uh, on the horizon for South Africa, and I, and I think we have the in South Africa uh, to build these plants and to operate them. Just looking at the automotive industry in South Africa, we we have uh, we have factories that uh, manufacture BMW, Mercedes, Toyota, Nissan. So the the expertise are here. Um, and for battery manufacturing uh, facilities or manufacturing facilities, you also require clean and dry room expertise, which you can also get from, from the pharmaceutical industry. So the expertise are here. I think when, when the government moves to adopting EV um, or electric vehicle cars, then you will see the rise in, in South Africa. As as a labor destination and as a, as an an economy that's looking to industrialize, uh, Deirdre, you touched on the the fact that the expertise does sit here. Would would South Africa then not be a logical choice to say the the, the gigafactory capital or the gigafactory central point for Africa should then be here? I, th- I think it it is uh, we we are heading in that direction. For for a gigafactory, you you need land, um, large flat land. You need you need the raw materials. If if you can be close to uh, the mines of the raw material, you can cut cost um, on your end product. So it's def- it's definitely it's definitely um, on the horizon, and we have the the labour force. We we have the raw materials close by. Um, and if you build it in in um, areas where there's ports, then you can easily uh, export it to to other Africa countries and even to Europe. Mm. Deirdre, you touched on something around uh, gigafactories needing to be. I think a, you said one gigawatt hour in output would then deem it to be a gigafactory. And I wonder, should could we be looking at gigafactories as an alternative uh, to plug into the grid? You, you, you touched on this earlier to say it's not just about battery production and all of that, but we could actually have gigafactories potentially solve uh, the electricity crisis if they're able to feed back enough into the grid. And obviously with their size, they would be able to do that. So just the, the, the gigafactory will manufacture the battery, will, will be the cell production part of it. Um, but we see in South Africa that we've adopted uh, solar and, and more renewable energy. Um, so if, if we can manufacture the batteries in South Africa, it will make those systems uh, much more cost-effective. Um, and something else that I want to touch on escom just uh, just uh, released or opened a um, battery energy storage system in Wooster in in South Africa WSP were fortunate to be part of that as well um, and and that was specifically built to provide more grid resiliency uh, for South Africa to store the energy from solar systems, from renewable energy, and to make the grid more stable for uh, South Africa during load shedding times, uh, etc. So, as I said, batteries is the heart of it. We need to manufacture it, and then we can supply it into South Africa and Africa at a more cost-effective uh, way, 
and and then you will see also a increase in in the economy. Diedrich, you mentioned the government's involvement in all of this. Uh, how much of this rests on policy? I mean, if 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 capital is there and there's a willingness to set these up, uh, how much of this would still sit with policy uh, and decision making there? Yeah, the, the environment the, on the environmental side, um, the, there's a few hurdles to jump over um, when when it comes to these factories. Uh, you, you need to uh, consider what impact it's going to have on on the rest of the uh, country's infrastructure because these are huge energy consumers, um, these battery manufacturing, and the the material and uh, that they use during the manufacturing process can be toxic. So there, there's a lot of uh, environmental items that needs to be considered and and that you need to get approval on before you can go uh, and and break ground for these factories well it is going to be a 193 billion dollar industry by 2028 expectations are projecting that uh, the the lithium uh, market will be that big uh, in the next four years but we'll have to leave it at that thanks so much Diedrich. that's Diedrich fenter who is the associate engineer and a cleaning and dry room specialist at wsp africa sharing his thoughts on a battery gigafactories and what their role is could or what their role could potentially be within the south african economy You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.